Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Joe, REI in your car. How you doing? probably a week since I've done one of these, but I wanted to share with you something that I've been thinking about lately, and it's an easy temptation for us to fall into. We overprice our properties because we're trying to stretch the dollar out and try to get as much profit out of the deal as we can. And I don't know, maybe there's a trick to it, but I haven't figured it out. And every time I try to do it, I it hurts me more than it helps me. Um, for example, when you're trying to wholesale a house and it's you think you could maybe sell it to an investor for 50 and you try to advertise it for 55 in the hopes that you find somebody who's interested and they negotiate you down and then you really get it to 50 where you wanted it to be at the first place, right? But the problem is that backfires a lot because somebody, when they first look at a deal, they look at it and think, oh, it's overpriced. What else is wrong with it? You know, like if the most important thing isn't right, what else is wrong with it? Like, come on. So it's overpriced, and they just ignore it. Most people will not, let me repeat, most people will not counter off you, offer, send you a counter offer, and, and offer you what they would want to pay for it. Which, by the way, you need to, as a side note, you need to really start doing that yourself. You should start joining everybody's buyer's list, right? And when they send you properties that are overpriced, don't just ignore it and throw away. Make an offer on a number that would work. In fact, I uh, hope I don't get too far off this bunny trail because I want to finish my train of thought here. Uh, a friend of mine just created a software uh, for a smartphone, like an app, right? Whatever those things are called, apps. And uh, it's for wholesalers. And so you get people on your buyer's list to download your app. And when you put a property, you can put a property on the, on the app from a website and they get notified and they can say whether they're in or out. It's really cool. Um, one of the things, so he asked me to review it and I was looking at it and he put a sample property in there and I said, there's a button that says, yes, get it under contract or no, I'm not interested, right? And so when I clicked, no, I'm not interested, the property just deleted from the list. It was gone. And I sent him a message back. I said, well, that's cool, but you need to change it so... When they click, no, I'm not interested, you should have a pop-up that says, all right, what price would you be interested in this property at? You see the power in that? Because most of the time when you're wholesaling deals, guys, um, you, you, not most of the time, but a lot of the time, you're going to be in it too high. And especially this is a big mistake beginners make. And uh, when you're advertising this property for 55 and you get a wholesale or another investor that tells you no... You need to be doggedly persistent, and you need to be almost annoyingly persistent, and you need to tell them or ask them, listen, well, what price would work for you? Just tell me, what price would make you happy? What price would make you wet your pants and make me an offer right now, right? Um, sorry about that. <clears throat> uh, so that is, that's it, right? So you wanna know that number. So if you're, if you're trying to wholesale deals yourself, um, or co-wholesale deals, whatever you, you know, I know co-wholesaling is a bad word sometimes, but when you get on everybody's buyers list, right, and then when they send you deals, 
go ahead and send them offers if it's too high. Send them offers for numbers that would work because a lot of times, if that number's too high, that wholesaler is not going to be able to sell, sell it, right? And so they are going to have to cancel the contract with the seller. But if they can go back to the seller and say, hey, um, I can't buy it for this price, but I can buy it for this price. I have somebody that I can partner with on the deal at this price. Then that might work for you, right? The other thing too is once that, if that deal falls through and it goes, it falls out of contract, um, you can then contact the seller and get it under contract yourself at, at the better price. So you always want to make offers. So um, now back to my main off the bunny trail, back to the main topic I was talking about is don't over advertise or don't over market or overprice your properties. You can never over market your properties, but don't overprice them. The same with lease options. And I've, I've made this mistake lots and lots of times, and I'm actually in the middle of it right now. Um, I have a house that I'm advertising for lease option. It's one of my own properties. And uh, I'm trying to stretch the rent. I mean, maybe I could get 1800 if it was really nice, but it needs a little bit of work, so I'm trying to get 1700 But similar properties are advertising for 1600 And so I've been trying to, for about three weeks now, maybe four, trying to get 1700 for it. And I've got... We've got like 35, 40 people that have expressed interest, but nobody's really pulled the trigger yet. And um, I'm looking at this thinking, first of all, I've been too busy to really spend much time on it, which is a problem. Um, but, I, you know, if I would have just accepted the lower rent of 1600 it would have already been filled by now. I'd have already had a tenant buyer that puts five to ten grand down, and it would have been filled, right? I would have had somebody in there. So... Trying to get that extra hundred bucks, I've probably lost at least a month so far, right? So, trying to get that extra hundred bucks, which is what over a year, twelve hundred dollars over a year, I've lost sixteen hundred dollars in rent. So, trying to get that extra hundred dollars just just does not make any sense. Um, you want it? You want you want the you want your problem to be? I got so many applicants interested in this house that I need to pick the best one. And if you can market your house competitively at $1,600 a month that you know you'll get a lot of interest, then do it, right? Um, it's, it's more important to make a quick nickel than a slow dime. Almost every time, in, in rare circumstances, unless, unless you've got a bunch of money already sitting on the side and you're already comfortable, um, if, you're, if you're wanting to make money to eat, right, um, a quick nickel is always better than a slow dime. So don't be too greedy. Okay, it's okay to get that quick nickel. Um, the same thing, you know, if, you, if you're getting a house under a lease option with a seller, for example, and they tell you that, like I see this a lot, it's like the median home price in the area is maybe 150000 and you get a house under a lease option that's 300000 but the mortgage payment on the house is, let's say, um, hang on, I'm backing up, and it's hard for me to back up and talk at the same time. Let's say uh, the mortgage payment is 2200 but market rents are only... 1800 well it's the seller may tell you that they have to I'm talking about a lease option assignment okay the seller may tell you that they have to have 18 or 2200 because that's what their mortgage payment is um, well guess what guys you're not going to be able to find a tenant buyer that's going to pay 1800 or 2200 when the market rents are 1800 so this is a house that's outside the median price range that's why I'm, I'm so adamant on focusing on the median priced homes the homes in the median price range. If you get too expensive, they're just too hard to fill with tenant buyers um, because the, the, the payments are going to be too high, and there's not a big of pool, as big of a pool of buyers for that.
property. Does that make sense? So I am here. I'm doing uh, vacation Bible school at my church with my kids, which is awesome. I've talked about it before. Um, today is the second week of jump. It's only going to be about 95 degrees outside. <laughs> and I'm outside uh, all week in the lunch tent working the sound booth, which is really cool. You guys should check this out. Go to the If you go to jumpkids.com, I think is the website, jumpkids.com. If any of you guys are in the St. Louis area, or we have a lot of people that come from all over the country, actually, to bring their kids to this. About 6,000 kids, um, 1,500 volunteers. You have to be a member of the church to be a volunteer because they do background checks on everybody. Yeah, like how I got in, I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a stupid joke. Uh, but they do, it's like serious, right? you have to pass background check to get in. And um, so it's uh, it's awesome. But if you can, you can bring your kids here, and uh, so next, they do it every, the first two weeks of June, every year. Um, if you've got kids in the Midwest, like eighth grade and under, and I think you have to be over by kindergarten. Um, jumpkids.com, it's, it's an amazing, amazing uh, vacation Bible school. There's nothing like it. And it's a highlight of the year, so we take two weeks off to just help, and it's so much fun. It's a blast. So anyway, I am here, and i got to go get on the bus and head on over to the campus. It's a big deal. There's like two water parks. There's two uh, fields that have carnival rides, like big carnival rides. Um, there's a whole thing like drama, dance, worship team thing. There's a huge lunch tent that they have to bring in cranes to set up. Um, so you got to bring your kids. Uh, it'd be cool. Maybe uh, maybe if you're in St. Louis, we can have some coffee or something. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. See you. Bye.